Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. What would you challenge your younger self to do differently? You know, actually, that is a very good question. Why, thank you. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, as we know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. so when you yes. look back, you can always see those things going, gosh, I wish I would have... And I, why did I? Could have, should yes. have. Yes. And you ask all those questions and, you know, sometimes they're even cringeworthy. Mm. You know, you're like, Ooh, did I really do that? But I think honestly, if I was going to tell my younger self, um, I'd say self, self, um, self, you know, be who you were created to be and embrace mm. yourself and believe in yourself. Cause yeah. I, I think, you know, I still struggle with that, but I think it was even more amped, um, when I was younger that I don't, didn't really totally believe in myself. It was like always doubting mm-hmm. that self doubt. Mm-hmm. So I think I would say, you know what, stay your path and, and believe in who you were created to be and kind of celebrate that. And I know that sounds mm-hmm. kind of simple mm-hmm. and yet complex. That's kind of our thing. <laughs> complex. So I was like, you, I don't know if that's a good question. So before we unpack that more, because mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk to our, our to our guest um, today and talk about kind of looking backwards and what would you tell yourself. But So before we get too far into our show, we want to remind everyone that you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. We're we'll you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, I have to ask another question before we get really full of questions. I am full of questions, but have you heard, because it's funny, when our sound engineer called us, she wanted to break out into Adele's song, Hello. Have you heard that? <laughs> uh, we were just talking about that this morning. <laughs> yes. And yes, I actually have the CD. So uh, Yeah, it's like, it's on the radio, it's in Target, it's in my sleep. It's everywhere. I, it's everywhere. And collectively, as of today, I looked it up, the world skewed the video over 1 billion times on YouTube, which means... Okay, that's amazing. Yes. Almost as much as how often they viewed our videos. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Close. Our, our radio listeners at 1 billion. So we've, like, invested 34,000 years of watching her saying hello from the other side. I, I think she definitely had us at hello. She did. <laughs> um, so, you know, when you think about it, you could literally walk around the world 3,000 times, or better yet, read the entire Bible 186 million times. So, hello has obviously struck a major chord to the civilized world. And you have to go, why? Like, why are so many people going onto YouTube and watching this video? But it's, it's Adele calling her younger self, I think maybe on a flip phone, but she's calling her younger self, you know, even, even though it has romantic undertones, it's, it's saying, I'm sorry, I, I need mm-hmm. to ask for forgiveness. I, I need to move forward and know that we're okay. And I think that really resonates with a lot of us that what would you say to your younger self if you could call yourself on a, on a flip phone? And if you were honest and objective, yes. that's the thing too. 
Yes. And today, that's what we're going to be talking about. We have best-selling and Christie Award-winning author of seven novels, including Rooms, Soul Gates, and his most recent, The Five Times I Met Myself, which offers that similar theme on what advice would you give to your younger self. And James Rupart has a BA in broadcast journalism, and for more than 20 years, he has also owned and operated his own marketing company. And this is, I love this, ever since he was a little boy, he's dreamed of writing novels, but didn't begin his journey as an author until 2002. So welcome, James Rubart. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We are doing awesome. We are very excited about this conversation. And I just have to just jump right in there and ask, it, you, you have had this dream since you were a little boy, and here you are writing this book about telling your younger self, um, you know, giving your younger self some advice. So I have to ask you, if you were to give your younger self advice, would you say follow your dreams instead of waiting so long? Yes, I'd say jump off the cliff earlier. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, we have to jump off cliffs all the time and build our wings on the way down from Ray Bradbury. And so many of us wait so long to jump off a cliff. And I love what you said. I'm not sure if Patty or Lisa said it, but you said, oh, my gosh, I'd tell my younger self, be who you were designed to be. And so many of us take so long to get there. Mm-hmm. That is so true. And I don't know if that's something you have to – discover on your own or if you know if you really because I, I look back and I go gosh I could have saved so much time if I would just would have believed yeah. this if I just would have done this I could have saved so many years and yet I don't know the, the but the journey of those years has made me who I am today mm-hmm. so I don't know you know what you do with that but it is a very interesting concept um, to really think back and what would what really would I at this point in life really want my younger self to know. Well, and I think too, James, even, you know, you started writing in 2002 that if it it seems like the more that you're talking to people, it is like in your mid thirties when you really start realizing, Hey, I have this gift or this strength. And that's when you start really taking on what you were born to do. I mean, some people, you know, they're 12 and they pick up a violin and they know I was born to play violin. But for those of us who just are always coveting the violin players and the piano players and the singers, <laughs> it is kind of like this midlife, you know, second path that you, you, you know, jump into. It's really, so true. My wife, uh, who is, you know, it's cliche to say it, but it's so true. I would not be here without her on so many levels, but certainly my writing career. But even when I was in my 20s and I had this dream and I just didn't have the courage to jump into it, Mm -hmm. she would say, hey, maybe this isn't the time. Maybe your time hasn't come yet. Maybe it's still coming. And that sustained me until I did have the courage to jump off the cliff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, what, you know, talking about our, our dreams, what do you think the Bible teaches us about that? The Bible is very clear about dreams, right? Mm-hmm. It, tells us, it tells us to step into those things, and very specifically, God can use dreams. He you know, uses dreams throughout the Bible to tell people to take action on things. But I, it's my belief that our desire reveals our design, and our design 
reveals our destiny. So these desires or dreams that we have of things we want to do with our life reveals the way God designed us. In other words, some people would say, oh my gosh, sitting in a room writing for six hour days, six hours a day, that'd be torture. But for me, that's a dream come true. So mm-hmm. our desire reveals our design. Our design reveals the way God has destined us. And it all, again, it comes down to having the courage to step into that. That is so true. I, I love those three D words that you talk about, because that really is kind of a path to that. And you kind of see that each one unfolds and leads into the next one. Yeah. But it, you talk about courage. I think it is because as we know, anything that's newer to step into a dream doesn't mean it's going to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. There, You know that there's risk and you know that there's going to be bumps along the way. How do you overcome and how do you, how do you encourage others to go? It's okay. Lean in and, you know, get like when you said jumping off a cliff, you develop your wings as you're going down, you know, kind of going down. Yeah. So do you think like people with courage, like you develop it, just, you got to just step into it and make take the first step. And then along the way, that kind of stuff happens instead of waiting for you to go, I think I feel courageous today. I don't know that you're ever going to get to that mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Never. You're never going to get to this place. You guys are, I, you guys have great, got great chemistry. You're really good on air. And yet I think that the first time you stepped in front of the microphone, you probably had some fear. You guys were like, is this going to work? I don't know if we can do it. It's not going to turn out that great. You listened back and you said, oh, gosh, we could do so much better. In other words, you stepped into your radio show with fear, yes? Okay, James, it's only we're laughing right now because we're sitting here going, we just had this conversation this morning. Our first, uh, and our sound engineer is probably laughing even harder, but our first show uh, was what, six years ago? And we had all kinds of squelching background noises. So we were running to another room. One of us had a computer and we banged up against the wall. We knocked chairs over and we had to keep talking. And our heart was pounding. I think our fingers yeah. were shaking. And yet now it's funny. It was so not funny at the time. Although we were laughing, we weren't laughing inside. But you're right. I mean, you just... And, and, you know, I can't say that we're over that. We still, you know, we, we're praying before the well, show. Well, we're over running into walls. We, we don't run into walls, but we we still have that same, you know, pounding in your heart where you're begging right. God to show up. Right. Right. Yeah. And I guess that's what that's what I would tell people that are listening right now going, well, yeah, you can do it. And, and uh, James and Patty and Lisa, you guys can do it. And these other people can do it. But I can't do it. I, I'm not successful like you guys. And the reality is... Um, none of us necessarily feel successful. We still all have that anxiety inside. And one of my favorite sayings is, it's impossible to read the label when you're standing inside the bottle. Mm-hmm. And we are all, all of us are standing inside our own bottle. So I read your guys' label and I go, oh my gosh, you guys are talented and fun and energetic and bringing life to people. But you don't necessarily see it. And people will say, oh, my gosh, James, your books are life-changing, and, you know, you turn me around and all this kind of thing. But I don't see that. And that's why we need the body to tell each other that. But even more importantly, I want those people who are saying, yeah, there's nothing on my label. I want to say, you don't see it. You don't see it. Other people around you see it. And even if it's a baby step toward your dream, just take the baby step. Then take another baby step. Then take another baby step. Don't, you know, don't go too far out. Just take one step at a time, and that's how it starts snowballing. 
You're so right. And by the way, you have some great one-liners. We're over here trying type them, you know, like sitting inside the bottle. To like, you do have some great one-liners. He, he really, must be a writer. I bet you he's a best-selling author. I bet. I bet. <laughs> you really should pursue, your, you know, writing. So check that out. Um, I think you have a future there. Um, you're so good at all of this. It, it is, you know, and I think I know that when I look back over you know, periods of my life, I did wait for courage to happen before stepping out and it never happens. And, you know, you wait for so many things to happen or to line up before you want to step into this dream. And it's like, you can just wait the rest of your life because, you know, you just got, like you said, you just got to lean in, you got to step and you, and you just got to go forward and like, okay, how committed really am I? And I'm not going to look back on this. I'm just going to go. Well, we have to take a commercial break. And this is, we are just having so much fun with you, James. And we, we're looking forward to some more one-liners in the next segment. <laughs> okay. Um, no pressure. Turn, no pressure. Yeah, but pursuing no, a dream none. is such a great topic for all of us to, to really lean into and go, okay, what dream am I holding on to that I'm waiting for? So think about that as we go into our commercial break. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's words you never heard. Have you ever been told that sometimes you talk in your sleep? Almost all of us have. The first thing I wonder is, did I say anything embarrassing? Relax. Studies have found that most sleep talking, also known as somniloquy, usually consists of brief, nonsensical utterances, lasting just one or two seconds. However, some rare examples of sleep speeches, hundreds of words long, have been recorded. Apparently, most cases of somniloquy are found in children, and the frequency decreases with age. The good news is that sleep talking is inadmissible in court. One thing for sure, sleep talking will get your spouse's attention. And it might just give them matutalipia. That's the feeling of getting up on the wrong side of the bed. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Bariatric Surgery Center of Dallas. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We are talking with our guest, 
And he is the best-selling and Christie Award-winning author of seven novels, his latest being The Five Times I Met Myself. And I just have to ask you, James, what was the idea behind this book? Uh, um, was, was it driven by your own regrets, or are you going to be that genuine and authentic with us? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it was, it was uh, the idea came from too many comic books as a kid. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The, so where this story came from was actually my wife and I, my wife, again, like I said, very involved in, in my career and my books. And she said to me one day, what if we could go forward in time and talk to that person? We're going to be 10 years from now because the Lord knows what we're going to be. What if we could do that? And I thought, wow, what a fascinating concept. So I started writing the book from that perspective. And then as the whole process realized it would be more powerful to go back and talk to your 23-year-old self and examine the things you'd say to her or him. Mm. That's a great premise. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a, those are interesting thoughts, like even going forward and then looking back because, you know, it's like and looking back at the past to, to like, what can I learn from it but not let it define me um, to move forward, you know, intentionally. And I think that's what we all want to do. And so I think this is a great premise and a great thing to think about. It's like, what are those lessons? You know, I look back that I, I don't want to repeat and that I want to, you know, learn from so I can go forward with just, you know, like you said, and, and going forward with your dreams and going, I think a lot of us, you know, if we have to be honest, there is maybe a dream we're holding on to, or we have mm -hmm. held on to, or, or maybe we can help somebody else with their dream to get, you know, give them permission to step out and, and to fly. Um, so this, the whole thing then with dreams, like, I, I know we talked a little bit, you know, um, earlier about what the Bible has to say about dreams and doing that. Do you find, have you had a lot of discussion with people about dreams and heard a lot of people's dreams or just how even God has spoken to them and, uh, you know, in your research for your book, has, have you learned some interesting things about that? Yeah, that, um, that God will very specifically tell people to take action on dreams. And sometimes dreams are just our subconscious mind, I believe, processing the day. But other times, <clears throat> sorry about that, had to clear my throat. Other times, um, dreams will be the Lord speaking to us very specifically. And if you take that to him in prayer, people get uh, direction on where they should go. So, yeah, dreams are very, very powerful. Mm. You know, it's, it's interesting as we're having this conversation that when I think back to my younger self, I feel that I, I had more courage and I would jump in. And as life happens and you have experience and maybe more, you know, hashtag epic fails than you, than you want, yeah. that yeah. you're more yeah. hesitant. Like I, I love that. Like, what would I say to my, my older self? Cause it would be quit being hesitant now, like have that courage that right. you did when you were younger. Um, so to look with the end in mind, like you're saying, you know, God already knows that end in mind and to, to really depend on him rather than going by your past mistakes. Did, well, that, that is so important. And you, you touched on it. I want to go back to it. And you said not letting our past define us. And mm. that is the problem. We let our past define us. So often, and we have a, we have a God, we have a, uh, a Savior who says, and I've thrown the past as far away as this is from the West. That's gone. There's something new. Step into it. And if we are looking back at the darkness, we cannot be looking forward at the light. 
Mm-hmm. We need to step into that light. And, and if we allow our regrets and beating ourselves up and guilt and everything else to keep us and make us hesitant to step into the future, God can't weave that amazing tapestry he wants to weave for us. In other words, we see only one thread of the tapestry. If we could step back and see from God's perspective, he'd go, Patty, Lisa, James, I'm doing something. And when you get to the end of it, you're going to see this beautiful, beautiful tapestry. But you don't see it now because you're so focused on your mistakes from the past. They're not mistakes because I am the God of Romans 8.28. I can weave all things together, all things for good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also think that as, as, as we mature um, and as, you know, we kind of refine, I think even courage and different things look differently than they did, you know, in the past. And, um, you know, we might not do the same things and, and it might not be, it just looks different. And I think and kind of, it's always like redefining like who you are as you go forward and, you know, and, and what is it in this stage of life from my life experience, from my scars that I want to take into you know, to move forward intentionally. And I think that looks differently than, you know, when I was in my twenties or thirties, because I didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't carry some of the scars that I do now that have really helped me to be who I am. And and, and I hope have given me a little more insight and discernment in some ways with people and with, you know, life and that you go forward and you kind of learn, we, Patty and I always say, it's like, you learn what not to do as well as what to do as life goes on and how to do things. And so I think it is always just such a learning lesson and, and not getting too um, caught up in the, in the failures. Cause like you said, God redeems and he restores. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want us to get stuck in that place and go, okay, you're, you're, you're not diminished, you know, and, and he has such an expansive kingdom. And I think to be able to see that, um, is, is, is significant when we can really have those eyes to see that, but okay. Have you had a dream specifically that lit- that really you can go, this changed my life. This altered things for me. Well, it's interesting. Just recently, my wife had a dream where she was in our house and she was going into all these rooms there were additional rooms that she'd never seen before. And some of them were painted this color. Some of them were painted that color. But she woke up and she said, okay, what is this dream? What, what does this mean? Is the Lord saying something to us through this dream? And it became, after praying about it and talking about it, it became very clear that God was going to open some new rooms in our life in 2016. And, well, actually, she had this dream before the year ended. And before the year ended, before 2015, um, and there were a number of things that just really surprised us, shocked us, very encouraging things that happened in our lives. And so that's an example of interpreting that dream correctly and the scene it played out. And we're continuing to see it played out as we're going into 2016. Wow. And it's like, it's like God ha- does prepare you. Right, and he, right. You know, and yeah, it speaks into, for those that will listen, mm-hmm. you know, that's yeah. the key. So many times we're so busy with life that we don't take time to listen and to be still so we can know when he is speaking and trying to get our attention. Well, and to even pray about, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm listening even while I'm dreaming, you yeah. know, to just continuously be in that state of mind. Okay, so you talk a little bit about in the character in your book with sibling rivalry. And I'm the baby of six. And oh, as wow. I get 
as I get older, I, I absolutely adore my brothers and sisters, but we laugh because we, we used to think we were the perfect Brady bunch. And as we get older, we start seeing the, the dysfunction that's there. <laughs> and so did some of your character, is that a, a little bit of the sibling rivalry that it's, it comes from your own experience? Yeah, I guess it would. It, it's funny because people say, you know, is there any of you in your books? And I say, because most novelists, their first novel will be semi-autobiographical. And I tell people, all my novels are autobiographical. I take these things from my life and the life around me. And certainly in the sibling rivalry between the two brothers in the book, um, Darcy, that's my wife. Darcy's and my sons, Taylor and Micah, growing up, they were just, they were at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, as a lot of brothers are. And, of course, your, one of your greatest prayers as a parent is you want your sons to be friends. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until Taylor, our oldest, went off to college that their relationship um, started to really gel. And then um, a number of things happened a few years ago where there was just incredible breakthrough. And, and now I'd say they have an amazing relationship with each other. And so, yeah, I took that idea of two brothers that did not connect and mm-hmm. took it from my own life, and now two brothers that do connect. That is that is interesting, all those times, cause it, and it gives you hope. I mean, that's a good story, to give parents hope, yeah. going, okay, things can change. This mm-hmm. doesn't mean the house is always yeah. going to be. Yeah. That's right. And that civil um, sibling rivalry is really, I can't even say that very well. <laughs> um, that is very an interesting dynamics that you see, you know, being played out and how, we, you know, because it, just relation, it's just relationships in yeah. general, yeah. you know. Well, I, I think it's it's interesting too when you have um, a couple of siblings that really get along well, and then you have others that don't. That there's even jealousy in the relationships of that. That it's like, well, how come you guys do everything together? And right. it just it's very complicated with the issues in the in the family. So I have to ask you, how old are your sons? So Taylor is 23 and Micah is 20. Okay. We, we have children the, the same, same season of life, except I jumped down with a high schooler. So, yeah. <laughs> Do you have the, just the two boys then? Yeah, just the two boys. Okay. So how have they responded to all this? Do you have these interesting conversations with even your sons at that age? Because they're, they're like, you know, it's like you're saying, what would I tell my younger self? It's like even your sons there. Are, are they learning? Are you having interesting dialogue because of even this topic with this book? We have, we have fascinating conversations together. Like I say, uh, I'll admit this publicly, that in, in many ways, they are more mature than I am. I, they are just <laughs> I, incredibly proud of my son, just, just emotionally aware and mature. And, for example, my son Taylor decided on his own you know what, I'm going to just sit down with your friends, Jim, and I'm going to ask him the question, what would you do differently? If, uh, you know, what advice would you give to me? What would you do differently now that you're this age? What would you do differently at my age? And, and you know, I just like, oh, what maturity to do that, to glean that kind of wisdom. And then Micah, our 20-year-old, he just, he's, he's an RA, so a resident advisor for his dorm this year. And so he's over all these kids, these, these young freshmen, giving them advice and counsel. And he took, took, took one kid through a really difficult situation. And so I look at them and I see that they are examining their lives, even at this age. And I love that. I love seeing them do that. And that is so rewarding as a parent to see that, okay, your investment, that they're getting it. 
and that they see it. And, and I think it is a parent's desire. It's like my husband and I always say, we have grown kids. We want them to leap over us. And we're watching them yes. do that. I mean, they are, they are so much, have more wisdom than we ever did at that age. And, so, and that's so yep, rewarding yep. and so fun to watch them. Well, we're going to take another break. And we're going to come back. We're going to continue this conversation. We'll be right back with author James Rupert. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a -a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Nuts have been known as the forbidden food if you're trying to lose weight. But excluding nuts from your daily diet is not the wisest choice. A serving of nuts, about an ounce, has around 200 calories. But nuts are packed with antioxidants. They promote overall heart health and reduce inflammation with omega-3 fatty acids. I love roasted almonds, and I eat about 12 of them most days for a snack. They are extremely satisfying and keep hunger away. Another way that I incorporate nuts is by spreading two tablespoons of peanut butter or almond butter on a low-fat, multigrain English muffin for breakfast. By keeping your calories low and your protein, nutrition, and satisfaction high, you'll be on the road to losing weight and feeling great. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. Today we are having a blast uh, sharing with James Rubart, best-selling and Christie Award winner, and his most recent book, The Five Times I Met Myself. So, James, you have to tell us, have you been inspired by a Christian thinker or writer to, to get to this You're actually um, putting these incredible books out? The master, the legend, C.S. Lewis. <laughs> C.S. Lewis. Um, <laughs> um, did, you get, did you guys read or give your kids the Chronicles of Narnia when they were young? Well, not both of our sons mm-hmm. are C.S. Lewis fans, and uh, my my son he's the he's twenty two, and his his bookshelf is loaded with every C.S. Lewis book. So yeah, that's I a great him. book, Chronicles of Narnia. <clears throat> well, that's that's what kicked it all off for me. Is I'm I'm in seventh grade, 
and my mom buys the Chronicles of Narnia for my sister and I for Christmas. And I read those, I devour them, and I'm just, I'm just captivated. And so at that point I said, I want to try someday to do for others what Lewis did for me. And so in eighth grade, I get into journalism class. Love that. At the end of eighth grade, the journalism teacher is also the editor of the school paper, and she chooses who's going to be on the school paper for ninth grade. Guess who didn't get chosen? Uh-huh. And so, yeah. And so that put a message in my little, you know, 11, 12-year-old head that said, you can't write. And mm-hmm. that's what kept me back for so many years from following my dream, is I yeah. thought I'd be like one of those kids on American Idol. Well, everyone else knows they can't <laughs> sing except them, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and so... um so I, I never pursued it. I did not pursue writing because of that, because I believe that lie. And you know, yep. I think we have a lover of our soul. We have an enemy of our soul, too. And I believe that lie that the enemy planted in my head in seventh grade. So it was dormant for years and years and years. And it wasn't, it wasn't until 2001, 2002, that God used Darcy, my wife, to with an amazing uh, intervention to snap me out of that and have me step into what I believe is my destiny. Mm. Okay, that is fascinating. When you hear that going, one little incident that that teacher, back when you were in the you know eighth grade, had no idea the impact. Right. That that that, that always challenges me because I think, okay, have I done that to somebody so unaware where I have either dashed their dreams or you know put them in a spot mm-hmm. that because of something I've said or not said, and yeah. gosh, that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Wow. I mean, that is, and to think of all those years, you went from junior high till 2002, letting that just lie dormant because, like you said, you believed a lie. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. And, and the crazy thing, yeah. the crazy thing is, it makes no sense because I end up getting my degree in broadcast journalism, which is writing. Right. I've had this ad agency since '94 where I write website copy and, and radio copy and TV <laughs> yeah. and sales letters and all this thing. So I am making my living as a professional writer, but something in my brain still says, yeah, but, but you can't write. That's just business. That's just, you can't actually write a novel. And so mm-hmm. isn't it insidious the way we believe that lie? That is, you know, somebody would come in and go, Jim, you, you've been writing all the time. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. But it's that, that lie that we let in and we let control our lives. Yeah. Yeah. That is such a great point. And that, you know, to, for each of us to think, okay, have I believed something, I believed a lie about me that I've allowed somebody else even to influence me or something. And I've held on to that and it's a lie. Yeah. And what, it, what, where could I be or where could I have been if I didn't, you know, give into that lie? I think we're also, I think we can all look back at a time when we believe something or somebody has, you know, just flip it. And, and what, what the sad thing is, it's really something that was been flippantly said. Mm-hmm. Right. That all of a sudden, and it, it really messes with us. Mm-hmm. Well, Lisa and I laugh all the time because talking about being courageous, I, I love what you, you said with, you know, we probably just didn't jump into this, you know, courageously. And we didn't jump at all. We had someone ask and then you're kind of at that, well, if someone begs, then we'll, then we'll move forward. We wouldn't have gone down this route if God hadn't pursued us in such a fashion because 
of that same, you know, you think, oh, I could never do that. All of a sudden you pull the Moses, you know, out of your hip pocket and go, I can't communicate. I'm not an expert. Yeah. There's no way we, we haven't written a book. So why would someone want to listen to our voice rather than just allowing God to pursue you and go, why not? Yeah, exactly. Right. And see, and that shows the power, not only the little comment that you, that we might've done to people or might've done to us, that little comment that sends us down the wrong path. It shows you how that little comment where somebody just read your label and said, guys, you can do this. How powerful it is when we speak the, the glory that we see in people, when we speak that into their lives, we see what can come out of it. You guys have blessed thousands and thousands and thousands of people because somebody read something on your label. Well, and I think you, you can go ahead and repeat that one more time because we didn't hear it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that, And by the way, that was Patty that said that. I'm going to clarify that. <laughs> no, that, that is so true. And, and there, there's so much to, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you're praying, okay, God, you know, put people in my life that I can have an impact on. And how can I believe in them? Because you're so right. It's just believing in others the way that the body of Christ should be lifting each other right. up and, and going through Romans 12, you know, just that we're, we're, we all have a gift that we're bringing to the, to the table. Yeah. So what are you working on another book? Are you just, um, taking a, a big, huge sigh after, uh, the five times I met <clears throat> myself? Oh my gosh, I'm working on so much. I, my next novel comes out in August and I'm really excited about that one as well. Um, very basically, it's the story of this guy. Life is not going well. And he hears of this lake. At the end of this lake is this corridor. And legend says that if you can find the corridor and get to the field on the other side, if you can get there, you'll get what you want most in the world. So mm -hmm. it's the story of his, his journey. <clears throat> Ooh, I That's like a, that. That's very intriguing. Mm -hmm. So do you just like hold yourself up in the room and you just let your imagination just run wild when you're creating these storylines? Yeah, they, they all, the, the ideas come in all different um, shapes and sizes and inspirations. And this one, again, was an inspiration from my, my wife because we spent a lot of summers at this lake in eastern Washington. And we would take a boat down to the end of the lake, and there was all these cattails and stuff. And when the boys were young, we would press through the cattails to get to the, the field on the other side. And I, when we got over there, I said, okay, we're no longer in Washington State. We're in the new realm now, and play that game with the boys. And so as I was brainstorming for my next book, my wife says, well, just do that story. That's a great story. Make that the basis for your book. And I thought, oh, Darcy, you're right. So that's where that idea came from. <clears throat> that is very, it, that is, an, it makes it fun. You light up when you talk about your books. I mean, just your voice, you can tell you get so excited, full of energy. That has got to be fun because that's got to be an affirmation too, that you really are in your sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, when you light oh, yeah, up, yeah. you get so yep, excited yep. about this book and writing and creating. And um, it's got to be fun to just see, okay, what, what transpired today in the story, you yeah. know? Yeah. Were you going to be a part of that? What has been your best compliment that you've had from someone when they finish reading five times I met myself? Um, that it set them free, that it set them free from their past and mm -hmm. gave them hope for the future. It's like, oh my gosh, if I did that through the writing, then I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's a great, I mean, you can't get a whole lot better than that. <laughs> oh yeah. And it, it is interesting because, you know, you write a book when someone just comes up to you and says, 
um, hey, that was a great book. Uh, when, when Lisa and I will speak at, at events and people go, oh, we, we loved you guys. You know, that, that was awesome. And you, you just kind of are standing there going, wait, come back here. <laughs> Give us details. Right. We want to know that it, there was a specific thing. You know, lives were transformed. Right. You know, what did God, how yeah. did God, you know, speak to you? It's not just, oh, that was great. You guys did an awesome job or you made us laugh. It's like, right. Give us some more there. So that that's so neat to be able to get that kind of feedback. Okay, so going forward, we, we how do people find out a little bit more? And what we have three minutes till we till we have to say goodbye. Um, and again, we just want to thank you for just taking your time and um, just pouring into because this has been some really challenging um, dialogue and and great one liners that we'll be we'll <laughs> tweeting out. Um, what is it that you want people to know and to realize and where can they find you and learn more about you and kind of be in the journey with you? I I guess I want people to know God has so much more. You are just, I don't care where you're at on your walk with Christ. There is so much more. You're just scratching the surface and he wants to take you deeper, you know, deeper into intimacy, deeper into adventure, deeper into your destiny. I want people to know that. And I want people to know that Isaiah 61, one is true, that he has come to heal the brokenhearted. He has come to heal your broken heart and to set you free. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I want them to know. As far as contact with me, the best way is to sign up for my newsletter. And you can do that by going to jameslrubart.com. Okay. Well, we encourage our listeners because um, you, you're, you're, you're fun. I mean, it's like sometimes you, you, know, you get people and it's like you're you fun. energy. <laughs> but you just have that energy and that passion about you that you know you believe in what you do, that you literally are stepping into you know, God's calling. And I love that it's been your wife so many times you've said that has really – you know, inspired you and, you know, challenge you. And, and you've listened too. you've listened to your wife. That's a good thing too. <laughs> that is a very good thing. Guys, listen to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. We'll second that every wife, every woman out there is loving you because you just keep edifying your wife. And that that's really, really cool. Um, it, it's funny when Lisa is saying, you're so fun. And you're over here going, you're so fun because we laugh at really good interviewers ease. Which one would that be? Lisa? All right. Is he the interview? He's the interviewee, right? Yeah. We're the interviewers. Um, when, when people are intelligent and great listeners, they're the best interviewees because they make us sound smart. So when we have a blast, it's really just such a compliment to our guests. <laughs> it makes that other person shine. So you, you do that. So we're going to have to have you on again. That's for sure. Well, All right. I'd love it. I'd well, love and thank it. you for, for writing this book and following your dreams. I think that, you know, there's so yes. many takeaways from this conversation um, on so many levels. So thank you for challenging us. We're going to be tweeting out a lot of the stuff. And we just appreciate you saying yes to your dreams and having the courage to step into it and for listening to your wife. So tell your wife we appreciate her and the role that she plays in all of this. So thank you for joining us. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back.
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Did you ever wonder when people first started swearing? According to the book, A Brief History of Swearing, author and medieval literature expert Melissa Moore traced humans' use of dirty words back to the ancient Romans. How about here in the U.S.? The five states most likely to vituperate are Maryland, New Jersey, Louisiana, Illinois, and Ohio. Vituperate is another word for attacking someone with harsh language. Swearing occurs most often in the afternoon and evening or over the phone when a call lasts for more than 10 minutes. The next time someone cuts you off in traffic, try calling them a rackle frats instead of one of your usual go-to words. The word rackle frats is so funny that the event prompting the expletive becomes diffused. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are back and we are still having this awesome conversation about what would your older self say to your younger self? What kind of advice would you give your younger self? What would your self self of today, I don't like the word older. (laughs) What would your mature wise? What would your mature wise self of today tell the younger version of you? Well, I, and you started out by saying at the beginning of the show to just be yourself. And, um, I, I laugh because you hear of different people saying, um, midlife crisis doesn't look well on you. So just be aware of that on how you respond to that, to that adventurous, mature person. Are you telling me person. that? No, I'm saying this is, this is what we've heard oh, from, yes. from others. And to always tell the truth, except in your online dating profile. I don't and think that's that one, a good one. Yeah. That one makes me laugh. But I think always tell the truth. It, it, it's, if, if we all did that, to truly yeah. see things as black and white, um, to have that kind of integrity that, that it is your character and it, the truth will set you free. It always comes out in the long run. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I try and tell my kids that all the time, even treat everyone with such respect. Um, you and I laugh about how small the world really is Mm -hmm. and you see it again and again, where Mm -hmm. you might have authority. Let's say you're in the workplace. You might have authority over someone, be it an intern or, or the newbie coming in. And then years down, you know, 
the path, all of a sudden that newbie or that intern is the one leading the company or the one that's in charge. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have asked them to, you know, run all my errands and get my dry cleaning. And yes, <laughs> yes. there's just so many stories where you were rude to that person. Yeah. And you never uh, know. Yeah. You're all of a sudden wishing. I know. I always tell my kids, don't burn bridges. Absolutely. You know, build them. Every don't burn relationship. Them. Yeah, because well. you don't know. Yeah, and end well. I mean, there's just so many things like that that you would, um, you know, that, that we have told our kids that we, you know, that we would tell ourselves mm-hmm. back then. Because mm-hmm. it is, a, you know, it, it's hard because it's a very different day and age than when we were in our 20s. Yes. And granted, we're not that much older than our 20s, even though our kids are in their 20s. But, um, and I say that with a smirk, right? <laughs> um but you know the, the whole you know ushering of social media and the internet that weren't a part of our lives back in our twenties, mm-hmm. and it really has changed our culture and yeah. our life. And so um, I think you know we've talked about this. It's like there there are so much more resources out there today than there were when we were growing up. You didn't have all the books even telling you and you know and you know what to do and what not to do. Yeah, you didn't have all you didn't have Google to go. You know what? And so, but sometimes too much knowledge can be not a good thing, right? It can paralyze you. Yeah. You're like, gosh, I have all this information. I don't even know if I want to get up today. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to know if I want to go, you know, do whatever. And so it's like, how how do you find that balance? Mm -hmm. You know, and I do have a side note. You're going really deep. And of course I'm bringing you to the shallow part. Okay. I'm back. I'm back. Part of the world. Just now when you said social media though, I have to tell you Monday night, um, my girlfriend had a birthday party for, you know, all of our neighborhood girls get together and they did a glamping party. And of yes. course I'm there. And whenever I see something, I'm always talking to, to you in my head. So I had to take a, a picture and say, I'm at a glamping party. And you were like, what's glamping? And it's funny because once again, it's, it's all of a sudden, it's this new term right. of people that are I had going, heard about it camping. But when I saw it at your house, I'm like, well, what are you doing? At a house or yeah. with a party. So yeah. it's like, okay. But you go on to Pinterest yeah. and there are all of these pictures that it's it's awesome on one hand because you can take a few things yeah. and get some ideas. Right. But then you're also, you know, we always say don't, don't look on each other's paper yeah. because yeah. that comparison yeah. game can really. But you also look at it and you're like, oh, there's so many cute ideas. But it was cute because the, the decor was, you know, sleeping bag and some s'mores and, you know, an old lantern. And so it was such a simple idea that you yeah. can make it over the top. And, um, you know, they, she had put like chocolate kisses on top of the peanut butter, nutter butter cookies. So it looked like acorns in this tin can with chili and, oh, it was, it was just so much fun. But yes, going back to our, our theme of, uh, what would you tell your younger self? It can be so overwhelming because yes. you do have all of this that you're looking at and um, comparing I can't glamp like the rest of them. I cannot be a good glamper without <laughs> like seeing all of the stuff that's available to you. And I think especially looking at the millennials, there are so many choices and so many options. I see that even in their relationships. Like they can't really get into a relationship with someone because, well, wait a minute. Just like I see a different glamping picture on Pinterest there might be someone better out there for me who is, is going to be that perfect soulmate. So if I get in a relationship with this person, I don't know if I should commit yet because yes. you're always waiting for the next best option. Yes. Cause there's so many, Cause there's so many and they're coming at you more 
than doing that. So it, it does affect our commitment. It, it affects so many things. Yeah, they're getting yeah. married later and later and later on in life. And um, you just, what can we do with that then? If, if we're going to give advice to the younger self or to the younger individual, what would you say, all, almighty Lisa, on this? But you're saying old, old, leaning old. into glamping more? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, what would you say? To the millennials on, because we do have so many options. What would you, what wise, because, because my, what I would say is sit down and listen to some wisdom. Yeah. I don't think, I think we discard, we have so much emphasis on our youth today that we just discard, um, older people to the point that we, we don't even realize, sit down and listen to some of their experience. They have some amazing mm-hmm. things to mm-hmm. say. Well, so, and I think, you, you know, I would say, be careful the voices you listen to. Mm-hmm. There's so many voices out there, whether it's, you know, through the internet or, you know, real voices or all the, there's a lot of noise around us yeah. and a lot of voices. And a lot of them, you know, a lot of the, the voices don't even know us, but we allow them to impact mm. us and influence us. So I would, you know, one of the things I would say is just, you know, have a few voices that you trust. Like you said, seek those that have wisdom and can really speak into your life and, and you know, kind of focus on them and, and learn how to discard some of the noise and the other voices. Mm. And don't feel like you have to compare and compete because I know I love Pinterest. Mm. And I'm the same way. It's like you get on there, you're like, I cannot make my... I can't do whatever. And so you can almost get in that spot where I can't, I can't, I can't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Instead of going, but what is it that I can do right. without comparing, without seeing, you know? And so I think we're really, I know I was, and you struggled with that, being really good at focusing on what you can't do. Mm. And like our, you know, like our guest earlier, James was talking about how that teacher mm. didn't pick him for the journalist thing. And so then he, the story he told himself is, I'm, I can't, I'm not a good writer, you know? And that is amazing to me because now he goes on once he finally had to get over that. But again, it's a voice yeah. that he listened to, it's that he allowed opinion. to dictate. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, probably that person didn't even realize the significance. They'd be mortified, yeah. you know, to realize, wow, I shut down somebody for years from pursuing their dream. I mean, mm-hmm. it would devastate me if I knew that I had done that. Mm-hmm. And I hope I don't. That's not ever revealed to me. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm highly capable. Well, also, we look at people that have put their 10,000 hours in, like uh, Malcolm Gladwell from Outliers talks about your 10,000 hours. And we see the polished person rather than how they started out, like what James was saying, you know, with you and I not saying that we're the polished uh, radio host. No, do not say that. (laughs) But uh, you know, where we Hopefully started out learned something yeah. the time. And I, I like Katie Couric made a comment about when she became the anchor of the you know, CBS evening news and the critics were so harsh and unrelenting to her. They complained about her hair, her makeup, her clothes, the way she delivered the message, even the way that she held her hands. So I, you hear that and you go, okay, she had to be in a hole every night, like literally going into the fatal position. But she said, I kept my head down and I stayed focused because I love the work. So just like with, with James in journalism, if you really love it, then go after it. Don't, mm-hmm. cause I know I've done that. It's like, I love doing this, but, but I'm horrible at it. 
It's like, okay, you're horrible at it. Maybe because you are listening to the outside Mm -hmm. voices Mm -hmm. and you're, you're not just getting better at it. You're not putting your 10,000 hours in. you are listening to the naysayers that you encounter along the way. But if you stay strong, work hard, put in the time, then you're going to be able to do what you really want, Mm -hmm. want to Mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I will say another thing, and maybe it's just because I've been seeing a lot of my friends, kids, where we talk so often about, you know, you have to do what you love to do. Um, I think you can, but you also have to work. You might have to have a job and pay the bills mm-hmm. and do your hobby and your dreams on the sideline until you get good enough to be able to make that be what you can do. Right. Right. Because so many times I I think, you know, we're getting, these kids are getting out of college and they're like, but I don't love to do, you know, I'm, I'm holding out for management. And it's like, no, sometimes you have to work in the cubicle. Sometimes you have to earn it and put in those hours. You're not going to all of a sudden be the best selling author. You're not going to overnight manage 250 people. You have to put in your cubicle hours. Right. Exactly. And we want, we want to go to the end without going through the, the journey of getting there. Mm-hmm. And that's, and, but that's where it's rich and learning so many things, even though it can be painful at times, but we want to skip that part. Yeah. And, and I think cause, because a lot of our culture and a lot of our thinking is about um, convenience and comfort and fun and yeah. entertainment. And so when it comes down to the work, we're like, eh, I'm not so much into that. Right now, I want to skip that part. If it's work, if it's hard, I don't know, you know, and, and so how do we really, um, how do we really lean into it and go, okay, this is part of the journey and I have to embrace this part. It might not be the fun part, but it's going to get me ultimately to the end. And I like, um, what James said when his wife said, you know, who do you want to be in 10 years? Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you know, even looking forward, looking back, learning from the past. And I think, you know, the, the thing again is don't, don't allow the mistakes of the past to define you. But, but go forward. And I think that's a great question to leave with our guest. Um, I mean, our listeners is write down. And I think you and I need to do that. Who do we want to be in 10 years? Mm-hmm. And it's a great question to make you think. So I like that you've, you've ended with a question. And we started with a question and we're going to end with a question. And hopefully this dialogue today has really challenged. I know it's challenged me mm-hmm. and it's been a really good conversation. And it's fun to see somebody working in their dreams and in their sweet spot and like with James and being lit up. So follow your dreams. Take that first step of courage and enjoy the day and enjoy the journey. We'll, we'll see you next time. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the